Hello there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, all of whom are loved and welcome in this space. And welcome to a brand new show called The Bibliotheque of Boba Fett, the only Book of Boba Fett discussion show hosted by the Imperial Senate Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Ashby, and joining me, as always, is my master assassin accomplice, Claire Stribling. I'm a master assassin? That's awesome. Like, I tripped over my cat five times today, but... I'm a master assassin now, so look at me moving up in the world. Proud of me. Look, if, you know, Fennec can get killed by that douchebag, we all have bad days. (laughs) It's true. Everybody's got to have a bad day. Everybody's going to be Toro Calican every now and then. Oh, man. Oh, Toro Calican. Okay. I thought you just said Toro Calican. I I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. (laughs) No, you Toro Calican. I hate myself. Please continue. (laughs) That's the insult. Um, but yeah, we're back with brand new series, brand new discussion series. Um, Boba Fett, Boba Fett's back. How cool yeah, yeah. It does still feel weird to say that. Like we've had the, you know, George being like he he died. We've had the EU being like he had kids, he had slave one through four. We have. <laughs> A lot of slaves. <laughs> a lot of slavery going on. <laughs> um, we had the sort of the Clone Wars stuff and the, all the built up uh, canon mythology, and now we're back. We finally see the bad boy himself escape the Sarlacc and deal with new issues that are very intriguing and very exciting to watch on this brand new Disney Plus show. So, how excited were you when you first saw the Book of Boba Fett title card? Oh my god! Oh my god! Stranger in a strange land? We're, what are, we're jumping right into it. It's strange. It's getting stranger. And I will say that it did not disappoint because one thing that this episode was was exponentially stranger than I expected it to be. (laughs) It was so good. I really enjoyed it. I know there were a lot of people complaining about the slowness of it. I don't care because literally they're sitting here like, hello, here's a little thread. Here's a little thread. Here's a little thread. Here's another little thread. If you pull, we're going to pull on these threads as we go. And the sweater is going to slowly unravel until the story of, until the sweater, uh, becomes no more i guess that's the climactic moment of the of the sweater fully unraveling in my weird metaphor but it's so true there's so many things that have been lined up so many cards that can come into play i love the polynesian spa back to bath flashbacks (laughs) um that title card just set up exactly how i felt this episode was which was honestly a little strange and i'm here for every minute i love weird star wars we got weird star wars we got super super weird star wars (laughs) And um, it just feels good. I don't, I, I almost feel like, like I've watched the episode four times, but I still Jesus. am not, I know, I know, uh, but I'm still not entirely sure that this show exists yet. Like I still haven't mm. wrapped it. Like my brain hasn't wrapped around the fact that we have a Boba Fett series and it's coming out now. And I've seen it four times. It just feels so crazy that this is actually happening and that I'm as enthusiastic about it. As I am, because I'm Little Miss Django was a superior superior fet over here. Um, now being like, okay, I will eat my words. I will, uh, I will ride this ride along with my my king and my queen, my my daimyo, and my master assassin. So, let's go. How did you feel, Charlie? I well, I loved it. Um, I've been a Boba Fett fan since I was little, and I, I, like everyone, we went through that rough teenage phase where we're like no actually he's not that cool like you know we've all been there and i think what the show does very well is it combines both facts which is that he is cool but he also isn't yeah <laughs> like, i know he's so soft like what i really appreciate is one well, obviously yeah he's soft but also he does soft like, he has a really fucking rough day yeah like people forget how like Obviously, in the mythos of Boba Fett, people forget how clumsy he is in those films, like falling down, getting hit, and you know, landing on the Sarlacc pit. And I, you see it a lot here as well. Like the moments where you're like, oh. <laughs> like this is my day 
typical. Um, <laughs> Mondays, am I right? Absolutely. It's the Garfield of Star Wars. And I think what's really cool <laughs> is that we get to see a little bit more of that. And I think I was really excited to see more of that. But the thing that really got me going was straight off the bat, we got this really, really neat little glimpses into his his sort of sense of self and his, his past. And what a better place to start the conversation than with Flashback Flashbacks, baby. baby. Camino. It's funny Instant how. Instant hook. Instant it's, hook. It's funny how we're like, Camino. It's good to see Camino in the Star Wars show. And like, literally, the last time we saw it was the last episode of what yeah. we watched. Yeah. Um, which is good. Um, and I'm going to say it next year is the 20th anniversary of a certain film that has been much maligned that we both love. And that is Attack of the Clones. And I am here. This Attack of the Clones reclaim, uh, reclaimment. <laughs> being it's going like, to be the Renaissance, there. baby. It's the, it is. It's the Renaissance of of our good good film, Attack of the Clones, and we get a really cool moment. Um, it was funny actually because I don't know if you noticed, but when the show opens, there was like a, a view through Jabba's palace. Did you notice anything up with that sort of section? Did I notice anything up? Um, other than how weird and empty it feels and how weird it is still in my brain that we're going to pan through it to Bib Fortuna's throne. Bizarre. Um, but did you, did you catch something? Did you get a little Eastery egg? Did Easter Easter. come early? Well, could it be an Easter egg? I, to, I think all the shots were new apart from one. So the, the door, the opening carrot, you know, the, the view where the door opens when Luke walks in. Mm-hmm. I think that is a shot from Return of the Jedi. Um, it just seems a little out of kilter with the rest of the shots. Like the colour coding and the way it looks, like the film. I think mean, that's definitely from Return of the Jedi. Or if not, it's definitely a deleted scene. What was really cool is that the Camino shot is obviously new. Yeah. The Attack of the Clone shot was an alternate shot, though. <laughs> because it's I know! Thing- it's one thing putting that flashback scene, because that's cool as it is. She's like, oh, yeah, cool, like emotional, you know, explanation of the story, giving us a bit more depth. And then we get an alternate shot of Daniel Logan. I'm like, what are Logan. we doing here, Baby. friends? <laughs> what are we doing here? I'm telling you, give us the full cut. <laughs> I'm joking. Please don't. I don't want to start hashtag make uh, clones to happen. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if it did, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be the conductor of that train. That's just a recipe for a lot of Twitter drama that I would like to avoid. So, <laughs> don't worry. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's really cool just to see, like, how the clones being role represented in the story. Because I was worried that it would be a focus on, you know, the classic Boba Fett that we come to love. But of course, you know, with Favreau and uh, Filoni and Rodriguez at the helm, there's clearly a deep love for the character, and you can't really delve into that character as well as you could have without delving into the emotional turmoil and growth that comes with the Clone Wars, and also Attack of the Clones. And I think what's really interesting, and what I'm glad, is that my theories came true with the show. It is not about a mafioso boss who is gritty. This is, this is, not, this is not the Godfather. Of the, of the grandiose Mafia Don staring on at his kingdom, surveying it and treating everyone like that. This is a medieval king who is actually nice and is like, he's the Checking father. in on his vassals. I can't remember who, I think it might have been at Keldor Jedi on Twitter said this, but it was my favorite phrase. He's the Oprah Winfrey of Tatooine. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't shit. Take this. Oh my it's, god! I just, I just really appreciate his tiredness and not giving a fuck energy, especially when Fennec's like, yeah, he's not giving us. He's like, uh, whatever. Next, <laughs> that's me. That's my energy. Um, <laughs> I, I really liked it. I really liked the fact that we're getting that, and we're going to delve a bit more into his perspective because. It's funny how 
I just feel like Boba Fett is pretty easy to figure out, really. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's cool. Um, yeah. But I love it, too, because he's a different kind of bounty hunter. The mold yeah. for every bounty hunter that we see is, like, overconfident. I'm going to take what's mine. I'm going to be cocky, and I'm going to be a scoundrel. And Boba Fett, who was the number one bounty hunter in everyone's hearts for 40 years, is now sitting here like, soft boy, I want them to respect me. I don't want them to fear me when any other bounty hunter we've ever met in that would be that guy. It's so cool because I've been watching a lot of Clone Wars today. I had Clone (laughs) Wars on for all of the eight hours I was at work today. Um, So it's so funny. I saw Aura Singh episodes and Cad Bane episodes and I saw Greedo. And I'm just sitting here like, yeah, yeah. Boba Fett is different. But the reason that he's different is because of these flashbacks that we're getting. He had a family. He had... Uh, he had a connection, he had a mission, he had a home, and all of these things have been taken away. And I'm so excited that we're getting this story in a flashback and flash forward kind of format because watching him be that benevolent king, ruler, Lord Fett on Tatooine, it's so cool to like go back and find out what made him different. What what things that he went through in his life made him different from every other bounty hunter in the mold. And I'm, it's so cool. Yeah. I love it. I'm loving it. And how did he get to in Mando be like, you know what? I'm not done. I'm going to do the right thing and help you get your kid back. How did we get to this point? I have a theory about that, which will make you <laughs> tell me off, which I'm very excited about. Um, it's oh not a nice theory, but it's one going with the story. Um, and I, I, yeah, I'll take it a little bit further. Like, I don't think Boba Fett's ever been really evil. No. Ever. He, I think what him and Django say, and I, I think Django as well, it's it's true. They're doing it. The galaxy's a rough place. It's it's rigged for certain people, and they're doing a job. It's a lot, trying to make their way in the universe. There's a lot of bounties. And, you know, sometimes you gotta you got to work with the government to track down a drug dealer, you know? Sometimes. Sometimes you gotta do it, and mm-hmm. they don't want you to blow him up. Uh, by the way, I thought it was hilarious when you see him do the frisk rocket on that guy. Yes, like, oh, and I just a whole what... wall and person gone. I see what Phaedra was just saying. It's like, yeah, you know, no you disintegrations, baby. <laughs> uh, fine, whatever. Yeah. But it's funny though because we look at Boba Fett in the comics, in the canon comics, in the new canon comics. Like we just had this big War of the Bounty Hunters run, like. Mm. He is that person that we had pictured in our minds or that all of the Brobas like picture in their minds when they're thinking about it. Like he was this guy who was cold and calculating and just kicking ass left and right. Um, But it's funny how a Sarlacc pit can change a man. I don't know. I think it was always there in him as well. Like, especially in the Oh, definitely. Uh, Because with his dad. Yeah. And he's so tired. My favorite part of the War of the Bounty Hunters, the first. I've only I haven't really read all of it yet, but the first few issues is that he's just tired. He's like, God damn it! Like this, this is just a. Please, can I just take this dude to Jammer's Palace and get paid? Get it over with. And he's like, Oh, okay. I guess I have to paint my armor. Like, you know, it's. I love it. It's like the average, average guy he's just dealing with it. Um, but yeah, we get really cool stuff. Let's go off to. Actually, the benevolent medieval king Boba. It's like oh yeah, him. Um, it's just a really nice little introduction to um, his rule. Um, him introducing himself to the lords and the the nobles of the land. What's really cool? Mm-hmm. It's funny again. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, mafia, 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 uh, gangster, gangster. And I'm like, no, this is pure mm-hmm. like medieval kingship, and I love it. Like, I'm a big dog mm-hmm. for that shit. Um. I just imagine him like you're literally on a throne, meeting his new stuff, like the new people of his land, the different uh, boroughs and nobles, and you don't, you won't have everyone on board. You have to sort of, you know, give them, a, them give over. them a few, give them a few little shinies to make them feel better. Um, and can we talk about the droid, please? Which one? The drummer? The drummer droid? Little drummer droid? Or are we talking about <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone? Parumpa pa pum. Well, the table, yeah. Oh, the torture droid. The torture droid. Yes, I don't remember eight D 
That's right. Sorry, very particular wow, about that I noticed immediately. And the glee on my face, if you could record it, it could solve electricity issues, world hunger. It, Matt Berry. Yes, he did voice him. For so long, we went to hear Matt Berry in Star Wars, and it was worth every second. Oh, and so I'm, good. I just want to thank John Favreau. I think he wrote this episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. I want to thank him for using words that any Matt Berry should say. Like, <laughs> plat- plateau. <laughs> this is your oh plateau. I was like, oh, this is chef kiss. Um, absolutely great to see that. And again, yeah, it's nice to have like remnants of the old Jabba's Palace like just kicking around. The ones who didn't go on the barge that day. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, what, d- 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 hey, wasn't Max? I was, I was under the impression this whole time that Max Rebo was on the barge. He, he was. I was under the impression that Bib Fortuna was on the barge. So I'm just saying, people on the barge can get out. Maybe they were making out. It's canon. It's canon. We got Max Rebo, my one cameo that, one of my two cameos I was hoping for in this show, Max Rebo and Salacious. I'm 50% there. Okay. 50% there. Oh, we should do a Salacious watch every week. <laughs> Just tweet out after every episode, like, I'll make no a salacious this I'll week, make a guys. Next time. Please make a it. graphic because I have, I literally, when we were doing the Jabba's Palace panning scenes, I was like, is he in the corner? Where's, where's he? No, <laughs> no salacious this week. I rewatched it four times, still didn't find him. It's fine. He's going to come home. He's going to come home be, when he knows it's safe to come home. I think he'll be alive, but I don't think he's going to get hired again. No, I don't think he's going to get hired because I don't think Boba liked him very much. However, anyone liked him. <laughs> like, Jabba liked terms, him. Jabba liked him, but Jabba's Jabba weird. Jabba liked him. Yeah, we can agree on that at least. But yeah, no, Salacious Watch. So all of you Imperial Senate listeners slash viewers, however you're ingesting this media, please, if you see him, do your little NCIS zooming and enhancing and if you find him, even in the tiny little corner of his, just let me know. Let me know if I missed him because it's I like miss it. him. He's a little duck. He's looking out. <laughs> we just see little ears sticking out from behind and a thing. Like, ah, <laughs> there he is. And a little tuft of hair in the middle. Oh, my God. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, yeah. To go back into what you were saying, like, we do actually see uh, Mos Espa, which is cool. Mos Angeles. Mos Angeles. So is this like an extra part of Mosespa or is it, I don't know, what's the outskirts? I don't know. It's it's interesting because I feel like maybe we saw the the greater Mosespa metropolitan area <laughs> or we got the greater Mosespa area and then maybe this is the, the metropolitan central area of Mosespa. Maybe. Ooh. I don't know. But, we've you know, it's, it's interesting that always to see more of it. It's Maz Espa's been gentrified. Yeah, it's a possibility. It's been a while. Gentrify Maz Espa. That's that old it happens everywhere. Knocked, it really they does. They it down to build the tower. <laughs> Storm's to coming. build this like little casino bar. We're building a new casino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but before we get to Maz Espa, Los Angeles, mm. can we talk a little bit about my absolute favorite new character that we saw in this episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. The major domo for the mayor. Can we talk about this guy? I have been Favorite. thinking about this guy. No, that first of all, he seems like a character straight out of some sort of farce that would be mm. on stage. He first of all, he feels very theater to me, and that's home. So I'm just like, oh, you can see that there are secrets that there there are thoughts and there are secrets and there are plans behind his little eyes and. That character is going to be so important going forward. I have a feeling that he is really going to be. And the, that mayor plot line, him sowing the seeds of like, oh, well, he's not going to like that, but I'll be polite and I'm going to leave and you should be worried. But OK. All right. Goodbye. I will it's give funny. him your greetings. I love it's, him. I love it's him. It's funny you said that. It's like a partial character. Because to me, it seems like someone from Twitter. <laughs> it seemed like yeah. someone, someone specific or someone big. Just people on Twitter in general. <laughs> like, you know, it's oh, very I'm much so like, polite. I'm going to be a bit of a dick with a smile on my face. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> um, 
no, yeah, hundred percent. Like I thought that was a really cool character. Um, I really like it when we get. To, I don't know. It's a weird thing to say, but because we never really got to see some actors who all like Twilight makeup get really act before. Yeah. So when you see a character like that appear, we get four of them. Mm. Oh, we'll get into we'll get onto that in a second because we have quite the quote <laughs> to to relate to the audience. Yeah, we do, we do, and and it is, I believe, co-signed by us as well. So. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's really cool just to see Twilight's, you know, act a little bit more. Uh, and Rodian, I thought the, uh, the, the yes. creature design, the makeup is so much better this time around. Um, oh, it's so good. And I'm sorry, but Rodian with little cuts in his outfit so you can see his little Rodian hips and his little Rodian skinny okay. legs, his little calves. I don't no. care. I know he's no. awful. He's bad. He sounded the alarm. But I'm just saying he had these he had these skinny little legs. I just wanted somebody <laughs> to give him a sandwich. Like, he's so cute. I loved, I loved it. I like I'm not joking. When I saw the Rodian calves for the first time, I freaked out, freaked out. I was like, oh my god, his little legs. We've never seen Rodian legs before. So, you know, I know something I didn't Claire's, know I wanted. Claire's but... on RodianFeet.com. <laughs> rate, Honestly, rate my yeah. Rodian feet. Rate my Rodian feet. Oh dear. Yeah, you'll Oof. probably find me there. Yeah, and then we have the casino one. scene, which is really cool. Um, nice little collection of weird and crazy characters. Uh, and it's good to see that Boba's. Uh, technique is working in some regard mm-hmm. with some of the people they're nice to see that sort of, you know divide between both fennec and boba and them trying to sort of come together to make it the best sort of way forward but yeah we we see these um rather interesting twilight slaves i'm assuming um, i think so probably one male one female and i very really hot know, obviously if you're not if you could no, unless you're an idiot, um, you know Nikki is with us at the minute. Um, we're singing our love to him, and he will hopefully will be with us in the future. But for now, we just want to relay a comment. <laughs> His official comment of this episode of the Book of Boba Fett, which is speaking of full, uh, full frontal. When those two Twilight staff members came to the helmets uh, to take the helmets. I've never explicitly thought about getting fucked by two aliens at once, but Robert Rodriguez helped that happen for me this morning. Hell, get Madame Garza in there too. Get that party going. Am I right? And do you know what? <laughs> Absolutely. I agree 100% Nikki. 100% I think, right. I, I didn't think going there that this show would be the, the one to wake up bisexuals across the land, but here we are, you know? Here we are. Absolutely. And I'm glad it did. I really am. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, and yeah, and we get a really interesting scene, obviously. We, like you said, the Major Domo uh, threatens the new uh, leader in charge, Bubba, and is a little swarmy shit about it. And I think what's really interesting mm-hmm. is that I'm guessing the mayor is the Athorian from the trailer. I think so. Somebody had shared an image of the Ithorian from the trailer, and the captions had his line or whatever as mayor. Oh, well, so there you, I'm go. Gonna, there you go. So we got the mayor. He's the Ithorian. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. I'm really excited about this because it's all about, I think what's interesting about this mm-hmm. is the intentions of someone who has to take charge. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, sometimes you have to give up bits you can't always get 100% right. You have to, like, yeah. sacrifice elements. And I'm really interested to see how that goes for someone like Boba Fett, who really doesn't want to take no for an answer. Yeah. But, so here's the thing. Um, I know that there's been a little bit of controversy controversy on the word choice of Daimyo as being um, Boba Fett's title. Mm. Um, and somebody with a Jabba the Hutt p- profile picture who is a Japanese translator and a student of Japanese culture. I don't remember. They're like, they studied Japanese history or something like that. Um, Sorry. I don't remember what your Twitter handle was, but there was a thread and somebody shared that was like, found it very interesting that they used the term daimyo. Daimyo in Japanese culture, for those of you who are not as familiar, which I wasn't. So I'm glad that I've learned um, that daimyo was a ruler over a certain vassal state or a couple of vassal states. 
However, a daimyo had to uh, had to respond, had to be loyal to the shogun above them. So my guess, based on this uh, education of the daimyo shogun vassal state kind of relationship, is that Boba doesn't realize that he may be a daimyo, but the mayor's the shogun, and it's going to cause some power struggly related things. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's, well, that's really interesting. Or maybe it's someone else we know. Maybe it is. You that sounds like you have an idea. <laughs> I miss her. <laughs> I miss her so much. You were like, she's been chilling in the comics lately. That tends to mean you're going to show up eventually. That could Please be. Show up. Please. Or someone. I'm just trying to think of the sort of people that would. Cat Bane. Got a I five year gap, you know, it would take over that spot. Another hut, maybe? Rata the hut. Another hut. <gasps> Rata. Rata. Seriously, though, we never got the story of what happened to Rata when he grows up, does he? No. Like, he didn't get killed in Clone Wars. He didn't get. We just are kind of like, we forget about Rata. You know, he's chilling out there somewhere. <laughs> Rata, the college is. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the next animated series on Disney Plus, please give it to me. Um, we're pitching it here. National okay. Lampoon. We're intergalactic Lampoon. Rada hits college. Chippy Chase plays Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> yes. Christ I want it. Sign me up. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really cool that we get to see that sort of dynamic display and like Boba like trying to work out the situation. And I think what's, what's interesting about that is that it will tie into something we see a lot in this episode. Um, and of course, we get the attack from the mayor's men, uh, mm-hmm. who I'm assuming are the mayor's men. Uh, that was my guess, but I guess who knows? It, we're, I guess we can assume that, but never know. Could be, could be another buddy. Another buddy is what I just said. Another somebody who's trying to take power. And there's two things that stood out for me in this sequence, which is one, actually three things. One is that Ming Wen's amazing, which we already know. Um, Love her. The other two things, though, are one. Boba has a kind of like um what's the word I'm looking for? Like he understands mortality now. Like he's he feels very Yeah understanding of like, oh shit, like <laughs> I'm gonna peace out. <laughs> Take me back to my back to tank, please. Yeah, um, he's really hurting. Like the effects of the Sarlacc and whatever he goes through in the desert with the sand people, those have really lasting effects clearly on him that he hasn't recovered from. Like, he's got to take his little little back to Polynesian spa baths every day, you know. And he got the he got the crap kicked out of him and the the zip zapped out of out of him from those electro blades. And dang, yeah. I'm wondering, yeah, like, is it is it purely physical, like toll? Because we see him take up tackle on stormtroopers and stuff. So like, maybe it might be like a mental toll. Um, it could be as well. And I think that's definitely maybe where we're heading with this character because I'm really interested to see where he gets to see a bit more of his mindset because he's been through a lot of trauma and that yeah. does have an effect on you. And the other thing I wanted to point out in that sequence was the Gamoran guards who I adore. There's two little, like, we won't work for you. If I spare your life, would you work for me? Yeah, fuck sure, dude. Natural. And then they get they come out and they're like, proper like, you know, they come out, they, they're true to the word, they're loyal. Mm-hmm. That's all I want in a person, is someone who's loyal and wearing hardly anything at all. You love it. Also, did you see the people on Twitter who are like, ooh, I never thought I'd be hot for a Gamorrean, but here I am. And I'm like, no, no, we need to unpack this a little bit, people. This I, is I, not I right. thought the same, to be honest with you. Everyone was, point, everyone was looking at that new trailer, that new... Uh, emo goth girl on the bike and I'm like who gives a shit about her like let's look at the Gamorian <laughs> Gamorians Ooh. baby like it's I'm too, thick and juicy there's two of them two of them baby I like a piece of that pork chop oh Jesus Christ that pork tenderloin <laughs> I hate myself that was terrible you're I, hamming it up hey <laughs> I like that that was good there we go um, brought it back did we <laughs> 
<laughs> we tried to anyway. We, we, we try. Yeah, and that's all that matters. We're a bit rusty out of this live video. Not even live yeah. video, but uh, this video stuff. So we do apologize if it's not too hard liking. Um, Deal with it. Just yeah. kidding. I don't know. Yeah, Bubba gets hurt, goes back to the back to the tank, and let's go back to the back to and delve a bit more into the flashback sequences, which I really do enjoy. I love the fact that we get to see the Sarlacc pit uh, finally. How gross it is. Um, I think I've had a few experiences like that. <laughs> um. uh, we're not going to unpack that. We're not going to unpack that one. I don't want to know. There are some things I don't need to know, Charlie. But did you know you what see... I didn't know? I'm oh. sorry. I don't know which tangent you would go on. Oh, yeah, sure. You go, you go first. I'd always assumed that Boba, Tet's, Boba, Tet, Boba Fett's helmet is airtight, but it's not, mm. question mark? Because he needed the, the 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 fumes from the trooper. He needed the oxygen from the trooper's pack. Well, I'm Is that what maybe, I should go to assume? Maybe it runs out. Oh, yeah. Maybe he was just... Or it filled it out, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But it was interesting that he like had to plug in the... I thought that was an interesting move. Um... I don't know. What do I know? I, really I like wonder how too. long he was down there. How long was he down there to run out of air if it was airtight? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he like, had to get all charred up and, and juicy. Because I saw some people like, oh, yeah, he was like that. The way he looked because of the years since we lost him. I don't think that's the case. I think, it, it I think it's stomach have. acid. Yeah. <laughs> Digestive juices. It's the feeling you get when you have heartburn. That's what happens to Boba Fett. <laughs> but just put it all over your body. All over oh. your skin. Oh, <laughs> gross. Pretty cool. And I saw something like, wow, where did that storm be at? I'm like, you know, there's like 19 years of Imperial occupation, I'm sure. <laughs> something yeah. There's a storm to be It's um, di- slowly digested over a thousand years. I'm sure one of them fell in at some point. We know that Darth Vader too. went to Tatooine on on a couple different occasions. He probably didn't go alone. So. Yeah, and we see him with some stormtroopers as well. I'm sure he did so. a few of them in there. One of those dudes was clumsy. That's you know, <laughs> very lost in the desert. <laughs> very lost in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really cool to see the way that Boba dealt with this highlight with the fire and. But what was funny was that I didn't realize this until today. Someone put a side by side. If you put the footage of Pan Oswalt's speech from Parks and Rec about Star Wars Episode Seven, it's exactly the same. You have twin sons and Tatooine set. It pans down. You see the wreckage and the, the Sarlacc pit. And a hand glove comes out of the ground. It's exactly the same. And someone's put it side by side and that. I just couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was really cool. Oh my god, that's so funny. I'll have to show you later. Um, you please do. Please it out, send it to it's, me. It's so just it's it's spot on. Like like a hundred percent like accurate in terms of like the audio to visual demonstration. Amazing. Uh, really cool. I just wanted to see him wear the classic armor again. Yeah. I know some people are like, well, he's a little bit bigger. I'm like, yeah, because it's you know, a different act. <laughs> yeah. And age. And yeah, he's 61 matter. years old. Which also, can we talk about he's 61 years old and he's kicking it? He's doing and great. When is like 63, I think, or four. She, I think she's in her 50s. Is she in her 50s or 60? How old is she? Mm. Whatever she is, it doesn't matter because she's no, no, no. This, my point is, is this? My point is that these are two uh, personal color leads in the 60s, which. At, how many Absolutely. times does that happen? Not very often. Pretty badass. Also, both of them are perfect because they're both pretty badass. <laughs> like a human I mean, I'm only 58. She's 58? Yeah. How? <laughs> She's amazing. She could kick my butt. She could uh, absolutely kick my butt. I believe she will butt. one day. Oh, a girl can dream, can't she? She can really can. Like, I've, you know, if you see me kick kicked off a building by Ming-Na Wen. Thank her for me. Yeah, it was it was the way that you were meant to go, truly. Yeah, I deserved it. I don't know what I did, but I deserved it. Yeah, you probably did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Defend my honor. Uh, yeah, but he crawls out of the Sarlacc pit. How cool was that Sarlacc pit? Pretty cool. 
Yeah, pretty juicy boy. Very moist. Very moist. So moist, as opposed to the rest of this episode, which was not very moist. Very unmoist, yeah. Digging Mm -hmm. for moist. Digging for moist, yes. We've all been there. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, we get a really cool flashback with um, Boba being picked up. Well, first of all, gets beaten the shit out by just Jawas. Because, like, first of all, fuck them, little shits. They steal so money as well later awful. on. And they, they probably eat, like, smash his head in. I know. They didn't have to do that. Like, he was half dead on the sand anyway. Like, come on now. He needs some weird bug juice to wake him up, which you know is desperate. Mm. Which one tastes like? I didn't like how green it was. People are like, Ugh, that's disgusting. I would definitely not. I'm like, you're saying you in the desert you wouldn't take any form of liquid. Yeah, I probably would die. <laughs> it's funny though, because like, you know what it looked like to me? I don't know if they have these in the UK, but like, do you guys have juicy drop pops? It's a lollipop, and then there's a little piece with a little squeezy nub on the end, and you can squeeze yeah, this flavored. Yeah. This, Juicy I drop pop, called, but it's, it's yeah, it's one of those like flavored names. goo, like sweet goo. That's what it looked like. You were flavoring like it would. They were like squeezing the maggot that was filled with like sour apple goo into Boba Fett's mouth. That sounds worse to me. I'd take the worm over that. You take the worm over the sour apple goo. Yeah. Either way, it'd wake me up if you squeeze a maggot in my mouth. I feel like I'd wake okay, up like, no matter how dehydrated I am. Avocado. I feel like that's kind of weirder. Oh, yeah. I'm hot. I'm in the desert. You're giving me a creamy avocado puree. Strange. Very strange. All of it. Anyway, Tuscans are cool, though, right? Tuscans are great. Like, I love their culture, and I love how we get to it. I really love how, like, John Favreau and I seem to really care and, like, love the Tuscan culture and, like, the way we're delving into that. Like, we've got the stuff again. We've got the clones, the dogs. Um... (sighs) The lizard puppers. I'm going to be honest with you. I have seen and had people tell me the name of those creatures 19 times, but mm-hmm. I think that my brain has refused to accept them for their actual species name because they're just lizard puppers. That's yeah, they they're Tuscan doggies. They're Tuscan puppers. I like the different... I can't even fucking say the word. The different look this tribe with the, the yeah. black roads which of course we know Boba has so he must obviously ingratiate himself in this tribe at some point that's right yeah and you see the big I mean spoilers the beginning of it yeah yeah why am I saying spoilers if you're watching this breakdown this episode you probably already watched it um but yeah he does have those robes at the beginning of our first time seeing him interesting I think that leads in to the whole situation so obviously we, we get a good glimpse for the episode of, of a child duskin who is very intuitive beats the shit out of for no reason which i thought was funny it's just a little kid being like look at me i'm part of the tribe um he's trying so hard so hard and you know he takes the rodians out for you know have a look see like digging up digging up some little water pockets and is this moisture farming? Is is doing this on a large scale what moisture farming is? I always thought it was getting moisture from like underneath the soil or in the air. No, we, yeah, we see, we see moisture farming in the episode. You see the little fountain that yeah. they're farming it and it comes out. Because we see where is moisture like, farming Because that's what Owen and Baru do. So is that like yeah. how it how it works? Because I always thought those silos and stuff were part of the technology, but is it just like digging in the soil? Is Could this no, be like. I think- this is like your victory garden scale moisture farming, your backyard sure garden. Like, I think they're like creatures that like have a certain amount of water in them. And mm-hmm. then the Tuscans use them. Like it's like a natural way of living in the desert. Whereas what humans do is they they of course make like an oil field and they farm the water. Every last drop. Out the water. And you do see that I think I don't know if they're the same people. I feel like they might be the same people who attacked the village in The Mandalorian. Mm, I'm not Good. sure because they're totally a speeder biker gang with leather jackets, with Sons of Anarchy style leather jacket vest things, which 
is very on the nose, but I still like it a lot. So. Graffiti disgusting. Yeah. But I think that's what our queen, what our hot brunette biker girl queen is going to be. One of those. Oh, yeah, of course. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I like she's going to be part of it. And will she be friend or foe to Boba and Fennec? Who knows? But it's interesting. Be interesting that's in the future, though. It like yeah. ties into like the repercussions of the past. Here's the thing I'm gonna say, okay? Obviously we see this little moment, which is of course when they're digging, the little Rodian gets killed by a wild Ray Harryhausen creature. Uh, which I love. Like I, I absolutely love this. Have you did you yeah, watch those films? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pure Jason and Lee up energy. I was like, oh, this is so cool. It also felt I don't know if it is the creature, but it felt like the the little creature from the um the Millennium Falcon game. Oh, it could be like one of the Jajaric pieces. Yeah. Oh, I need to go take a closer look at, at the Jajaric table next time I watch. Like, I don't Very know much so. It could yeah, be. But, but I thought it was really cool. I like seeing more different creatures in Tatooine and the stop motion esque look. I feel like people will be like, it's oh, realistic. And I'm like, well, yeah, but also shut the fuck up. Um, but I, I, I love I like to, it. like, I loved it, and, you know, I love my creatures, and I love my weird, and as I said in the beginning of this episode, like, I was totally satisfied with my weird, and this was one big part of it. The moment where the Rodian, with his little suction cuppy end fingers, which Rodian hands are the best, I love them every time I get to see them, but watching him, like, scrape away all the sand and see the claw of the creature and see the skin, like, move, the rubbery skin when he touched it... Oh my god, my heart stopped beating. I was like, <gasps> What is it? You became oh a Tuscan Raider. I, <laughs> yeah, I totally did. I'm adopting the culture in that moment. I've become a person of the desert. I really have. Oh my god. I was it was just like a like heart stopping moment for me because it was weird creature hand weird orange creature hands. And and just amazing skin. Like, I felt like Diego Luna in that moment. I was literally like, I want to touch the creature. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to know its texture. Because like, if you watch it, it moves the way he touches it. I'm like, <gasps> it, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. So, very cool. I loved that creature. And I loved that fight scene. I absolutely adored how Boba earned his respect with that kid. And with mm-hmm. the tribe by by protecting that kid who's trying so hard, and and the moment when they get back to the tribe and that kid's kind of like telling the story and in Tuscan, everyone's like patting him on the back like he's being I killed it, <laughs> like and everyone's it's, like good job, kid. It's, yeah, it's funny because some of them I feel like did believe it. <laughs> like, I know. Holy shit, what? And the dad's like, the dad's like, oh yeah, no. Here you go, dude. I see what you Cheers did. to saving my kid or whatever. Really loved that. Really loved that sequence. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is, first of all, what I, what I always love is that Boba Fett is a bit like Doctor Who in the sense of he'll get involved as much as he can. Like, he, he's very stern and, you know, mm-hmm. but as soon as he sees a child in danger, he's like, God. Damn it! I uh, he's flashback to when he was a kid on his own. Yeah, he has and to he was help scared out. and trying to be all that his tough, dad wanted, yeah. being the tough guy that his dad wanted him to be. And it's like he's thrown back there, and he's like, "I'm going to help this kid out." I don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. Um, really, Which is the difference stuff. between him and Anakin, mm. who killed the men, the women, <laughs> and the children too. And you see Boba Fett, this guy who's had forty years of rumored tough guy, take no shit, badassery, spare the child. When Anakin, our hero who's redeemed at the end, does not. And he doesn't. He doesn't sort of uh, like moan or complain about the experience he has about being wrapped up. Because he knows it's part of the, the way of those people and yeah. like, they have to do what they have to do to survive. And I, I, I do appreciate that too. Like He, he just gets on with it he doesn't complain yeah. and I think what's really interesting about this sequence is just which is my theory which I feel like you're going to hit me with a stick like Gaffy stick with there's five years between this and Mando season one right Um, the flashback scenes in Mando season one 
Uh, well, yeah, well, when he meet Fennec. Rough, roughly, yes. Five years. I think that we're going to see the rest of the flashbacks about him ingratiating with the tribe and finding something that Bo has always wanted to find, which is pretty much a family, right? I don't like the way you're setting this up, but yeah. And he becomes, you know, he finally gets what he wants, like a family. He doesn't have to rely on the wider galaxy. He doesn't have to deal with the, you know, he, he's just, he's dealing with life. He's, he's been reborn. And he's like, mm-hmm. I've been given another chance. I get to explore. And, and I think that what will happen is those Tuscans will be killed. And I think it's going to be one of those heartbreaking moments where Boba's like, I thought I could have this family. But there is injustice in this world that is getting involved. And you see him with the, the gaffy stick and the, the cloak. And he's like, I didn't want to get involved, but I need to go get my armor back because I need to take charge of Tatooine. And I think, do you know what I think will we'll recontextualize some of this stuff? We're going to find out that the people responsible directly from um, one person. Can you guess who that one person is? Um, are we going to say Bib or are we going to say said mayor? Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. And I yeah. think when you, that's why he's the reluctant vassal, like state. And ruler. that's why when you rewatch that sequence when he walks in, he's like pissed. He's like, you killed my family, bitch. <laughs> I think we're going to see that, and I think that's part of the reason why he wants to have a new, better... It's not about him taking control in terms of power for himself. It's in terms of there are people out there that are being manipulated by people that are cruel and power-hungry, and I can do something to help them. In terms of justice. Yeah, because he has a pure sense of justice, and I think that's interesting. And I really want to see that. Um, I love I it. Because like, then it ties into the whole sequence. It's like, he's not just killing Bib in a bloodthirsty game for power. It's, one, he needs that throne to, to sort of legitimize his control and the change he wants to bring about. And also, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. And also it explains why he wants to do things so differently. It mm-hmm. would explain things. It would it would give extra motivation because that's something that has been in the back of my mind through this entire premiere is what is what happened to you to make you want to be different, to make you want to make this world better, to be make sure that you are not above these other people, but you are here to make sure that these people are protected and looked after. Um, what happened? What happened to you to make you this way? You know, good or bad. Um, there, there's that story that's going to be told and it's very interesting. I like your theory. It does make me sad though because that little Tuscan kid needs to be okay even though he's kind of a little shit. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm really excited to see even more of the humanization of the Tuscan people and to see Boba. I just want to see him happy. I just want to see him happy, you know? I think we will. We're going to see him happy before the, the pain. Before the sad. And I think that's it. And what else that could recontextualize is maybe that's one of the core reasons. We know one of the reasons as well, obviously, it's part of his DNA, but one of the other reasons for when he sees Din looking so distraught, he's like, we're going to get that baby back. I don't give a shit. The child will be safe. I couldn't keep the other child safe, but I will do this this time. Got to keep family together. Come on. I love it. And I love, I can't wait to also explore that and his own issues with losing his father and then potentially mm-hmm. losing a new family. Like, and then to watch him, hopefully not lose, but to watch him and his bond with Fennec grow because that was something um, in Mando season two when Fennec and Boba had at some point teamed up. I'm sitting here going, I get why Fennec is tight with him because she saved his life. But they seem tighter. They seem tighter than you would expect. You know, like there are life debts. There are, and it's more than a life debt. There's a tight, seemingly uh, emotional bond. I don't mean romantic, but I just mean like 
you know, cohabitation kind of bond between the two of them. And I hope we explore more of that because obviously she would take a, yeah, yeah, she did. Ah, do we okay? Can we? I want her to show up. I want Omega to be one to be okay and to two. Oh, I want. I just that'd be I a good him. tease for season two. Like it was all that family talking about how they know each other. They know his sister. Oh, there is another amazing, amazing. But yeah, I'm my sister. Yeah, I'm excited. So for everybody who's on Twitter going like this was a super slow episode. Look at all of the shit that we just fucking unpacked in this episode. Like it, there's so many things to think about and to explore just with this premiere and we have six more episodes. You know? We have yeah. like it's it, there's so much that is there's so many little threads that are going to unravel that sweater and just because we haven't started pulling at strings yet doesn't mean that next week we're not going to start pulling at strings. And I feel like they're going to be tugged at pretty dang hard. And I think what's really interesting about this, and I, I, I wrote about this a little bit and put to friends, my immediate response was, oh, okay, that was an interesting episode. And it wasn't disappointment, but like, like oh, okay, like, that's interesting. And then the more I thought about it, the more I loved it because I think what has happened is that we have been brainwashed to in a respect in terms of content and storytelling recently of years and also the way we view things to the point where for some reason we expect there to be a thing in a premiere. There has to be a big cameo or a big twist or a big cameo, a big twist. There has to be like Baby Yoda. And I think it can't just be good storytelling. And I think what's good about this is that, yeah, like you said, it's good storytelling. So, you know, and it breaks down that, it, it does, it breaks down the um, uh, the brainwashing sort of system in your head. Because now, going forward, you will be shocked by the, the things that does happen, the big cameos and stuff. You will be shocked in the future episodes. And also, it doesn't, you don't need that. That's not storytelling. Storytelling and... Uh, there was a minimal amount of dialogue in this episode, which I really liked as well, because it's visual storytelling. You don't have to have words necessarily. Um, Show me, don't tell me is sometimes a better way to do it. Exactly. And I think I just really appreciated the episode. I really loved it. And I think was really interesting. And maybe something we should talk about more is, is the idea of just not, having those expectations and it is interesting sometimes seeing people who you know there's some people like oh well it's not what i expected well obviously don't go in with your own expectations in terms of yeah. like, what you it's want dangerous. to see because it's dangerous it's a and recipe then, to get disappointed it's you're just setting yourself up to not enjoy it why not come in with an open mind and be surprised by what you're given and people are like, oh, this isn't really new. We knew about this. I'm like, well, yeah, because you read up leaks or you read up information about the story in advance. Yeah. You kind of know most of it. It's like and we knew like Boba climbed out of the Sarlacc pit. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, he showed up in Mando, so at some point he had to get out of there somehow. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like looking for a book and going, oh, well, I knew Dumbledore was going to die, so we're not even that big of a deal. <laughs> like, you're doing, you know, Whole, whole thing. Um, Just be along for the ride. Stories, that's what storytelling is for. To entertain you. To I entertain thought it was a you. really good episode. I really like the um, the new orchestral score. It's got a new, oh, um, the Book of Boba Fett theme when he's crawling out of the pit and the theme plays for the first time. The theme I was, was just really like, cool. let's go. Oh, I'm so pumped up. It's like the first time hearing the Mando theme for the first time. I was like, this is we're in it. We're in a new Star Wars now. That's a theme. Let's go, baby. Boba has his own theme music. Because Ludwig love it. does the the theme mm-hmm. of the episode, but the music itself was done by someone else. Uh, who, where is the? This is so cool. This is me, me being really prepared. Joseph Shirley. Joseph uh, Shirley. Does the soundtrack for the series. 
Come on. And I Welcome really, to the Star Wars family, Joseph. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really, it fit the tone really well. I love the Western vibes, of course. Got to. And, you know, overall, I just, you know, well, let's just dive in there, over for some scores, because I really did appreciate this episode. Claire, do you want to go first? Sure. Sure, sure, sure. I, yeah, I really liked this episode. I feel like, you know, gonna. I'm not going to complain about what we got because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, I was along for the ride. I enjoyed the stories. I enjoyed the weirdness because that is my particular brand of what I want. The weirder Star Wars, the better. And it was so weird. And Max Rebo and Twilic gambling casino restaurant, cool place, um, assassins and creatures in the desert and Tuscan raiders and biker gangs with leather vests. And, and it's just like, it's just, it was a whole bunch of strangeness, and it was every little new piece of information that I got, I'm excited about the world that we now live in, this post-Hut or Fortuna cartel Tatooine. Like, it's so interesting to see how the world is going to change, and I cannot wait to see how Boba brings change or not to Tatooine and to the surrounding gangs and the politics of the area. I think it's going to be a super, super interesting series and it's going to be chock full of interesting ruffians. And what this episode did for me was tell a story of, of how he loses his armor and how he gets out of the Sarlacc and into the next stage of his life. Um, and it really did that in an interesting way for me. Like, obviously, it didn't tell us everything, but it's the first damn episode, people. It's coming. And I really enjoyed it. So there's a lot of room for, like, bigger storytelling moments, but that doesn't take away from the greatness of this episode itself. Really enjoyed it. Had a great time. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Um, and I cannot wait to see what new weirdness and what new you know, intrigue is in store in these upcoming weeks. So I really, really liked it. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I really like, I think the score is pretty decent. I will go up a little bit. I'm going to give it an 8.5 because I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a really good introduction to the show. Uh, any gripe I would have had would be, it's interesting. Gripe is, is, is personable because you could say, oh, I wish it was a little bit longer. But it's like reading a chapter. If you make it a bit longer, does it ruin the overall chapter of the story? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I would give it, yeah, 8.5 uh, because I really appreciate the design work, the way it looked, the storytelling, the the ideas that it springs from my mind. It's always, I, like, if a story's telling me, like, it sparks my imagination, it's always a good sign. And also, I really like the debate I had in my head about Max Rebo being alive or not, because I'm not sure if he is alive. What? I think this is a this is a Gallagher brother situation. I think this is the Noel Gallagher of the Rebo band. This is his brother. Oh, this is Mike Rebo? This is Mike Rebo. This is Matt Rebo? <laughs> no. This is Max. It's Max. Max and Mike. Yeah, or Max and Matt. I think I like Max and Matt better. It's okay, Match Rebo. <laughs> it's a, a match made in heaven, Rebo. I hate um, it. I love I it. I love it. the idea. He's got like a brother who like the band split up. The famous Rebo brothers. Like the Everly and they brothers. grabbed one of the modal nodes and made a made a spin-off band. Oh my god. <laughs> it's uh, Matt and Wings. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're playing oh the famous, God. they're playing the famous band song as well. Like he's he's he, the, the motor nose split up. They get to play the, the famous song, but they're gonna put a little twist on it, you know? Yeah, their twist um, on it, and their twist on it was really great. He was shredding on that whatever that instrument is called. <laughs> it's bass, mandolin. It was rad. I'm sure it's Max Rebo, but um, I also like the idea of that being. <laughs> There is yeah. another. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got time for this week. Just before we go, though, I want to let you know that if you have any questions or thoughts for us, ask us in the comments below on the YouTubes. Or 
on Twitter, if you listen to the podcast, and we will get back to you next week and we'll answer those questions. Um, yeah, and so should we plug the stuffs? Let's plug them. Well, it's time for our favourite part of the episode, plugging in the Polynesian Spa. <laughs> <laughs> I worked hard on that one. That so yeah, don't, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at ImperialSenatePod. You can support the show by buying our merchandise and becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Imperial Senate podcast. All links for everything will be found in the description below as well as on our Kofi on Twitter. Claire, where can people find you though? Um, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at cstribs. You can catch me every Wednesday evening with my reaction videos for the book of Boba Fett, of course, here on the Imperial Senate podcast YouTube channel. Oh, there's my, there's my tweetster. There's my tweetster. Um, (laughs) You can catch me there. You can catch me most Tuesday nights streaming Star Wars Battlefront 2 or some other games. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of feel like throwing something random in the mix next week. So we should do a quiplash. We We need to do quiplash. It's been too long. I just did it with my family for Thanksgiving and it was amazing. It was so much fun. We're doing new. We're doing the uh, Star Wars Quiplash session. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, you can also catch me on Broaxium. So go follow Broaxium on Twitter at Broaxium on Twitter and Instagram. Go uh, subscribe to Broaxium on YouTube. That's where most of our content is. You can catch me reviewing Doctor Afra. Um, with each new Afra issue, I'll be on the Wednesday morning quick shot releases at 9 a.m. Eastern time. And then you can also catch me on Sunday nights live on Broaxium's YouTube channel, Shooting the Poodoo, with my cast of characters and amazing bro hosts. And it's always a fun, weird, raucous, usually inebriated time. And it's just a lot of fun talking about all things in the geek world. And go follow Nikki on Twitter at Nikwishas. Yeah, follow Nequitius. Uh, N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S. And on Instagram, it's at Nictifer. And don't forget his other show, One yes. Undone Film Club, which he does with our good friend Auden and our good friend Reed, in which they go through uh, different franchises and they pick one film, they debate which film they're going to do, and they debate it, pick which one they're going to do, and do a film commentary. It's a really good show. Um, they did the Star Wars prequel trilogy, the original trilogy. Um, They've done loads. so many. They did uh, Indiana Jones. They did. Yeah, they did Pirates recently. Pirates. Yeah, they've done so many. And they have done a show since the prequels. Like, they've done show Like, that's, that's an old graphic. But go. They it have a lot of cool stuff. But they got all, like, got, they got some cool stuff. Go follow Nikki. You'll like Nikki. He has funny tweets. And also before you wrap up with Nikki. Um, he is the co-host on a rewatch Between Worlds on Octo Radio uh, with our good friend Auden, where they go through Star Wars Rebels uh, individually each episode. They go through and break down some of that cool stuff. And they go through every single thing. Not only do they do Rebels, but they also go through Rebels Recon, which is a very, We're very so fun good. snapshot into the past. You know, the classic... Uh, Pablo the coffee cup uh, memories for all you chopper getting up to mayhem. It's Amazing. crazy how that's nearly like ten years old, right? Don't say that. I don't like that. We're recording this on the faith. for me, but technically it's the faith because um, it's past midnight. But it's nearly twenty twenty two, which means it's two years till ten years. <laughs> Why did you say that? I feel so old. <laughs> oh my old. god. I am wilting. I'm weathering it'd be, away. It'd be 10 years since Lucasfilm bought, uh, was bought by Disney in like a day. <laughs> Two days. That's so weird. So weird. Thanks for that, Charlie. <laughs> what? Should we stare into the distance and <laughs> fade out? <laughs> Like, we we would do that if you hadn't plugged your stuff yet, but you have not. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, you guess it. 
me plugging my stuff is basically like fading out. Um, you yeah. shut up. That's not true. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at CMWASHBY and on Instagram at CharlieMWASHBY. You can also support me on Patreon and Kofi, the links of which are available on my Twitter bio through my Linktree URL. Uh, I have the Charlie Ashby Network, which does shows such as Pondivision, the Charlie Ashby Show, and all the Patreon funds go directly towards me creating content there. So please do check that out. And if you want any commissions, Photoshop work, or anything like that, editing, copy editing, then I'm your man. He is your man because anytime you Photoshop anything for me, it always surprises and delights me. (laughs) It's always good. It is always like when you do something serious, it's always very good. But when you do something fucking weird, I just, it's your speciality. So if you have anything weird you need Photoshop, just hit up Charlie. Oh, yeah. If you need something really classy, go hit up Charlie too because all of our graphics and stuff and all of our backgrounds. All our cool shit is Charlie. Charlie does all of it, and it's pretty badass. I can't lie. It's all really Thank badass. You. It's true. No lies. No lies I'm detected here. And go listen to PonderVision if you haven't. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to have an episode out Ponder in the Vision. new year. We had a little break because of Christmas, uh, but we did a Spider-Man episode, which is uh, one of my favorites I've done. Uh, I can't wait. It's really good. We had Alden and uh, Rosie Knight from a plethora, a plethora of things. Eisner award-winning Rosie Knight came on our show to discuss ooh, kind of ooh, how ooh. incredible is that. Um, a lot of fun, especially if you've seen that film. No spoilers, but we had a lot to talk about. Oh. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> um, before we go, uh, obviously subscribe to us on YouTube and please do listen to the podcast. We'll be back in the new year with new episodes. We're taking a little break because of personal stuff, but we will be back soon. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or any other podcast platform, especially Spotify and the like. But until then, that's all we've got for now. Bye. Peace.